Welcome to the online sermons at King Street Church. Feel free to listen or watch online at kingstreetchurch.com. We're located at 162 East King Street in the heart of Chambersburg, PA, and would love to see you in person at one of our five Sunday services at 8.15, 9.45, or 11 a.m. We certainly hope you enjoy this morning's message. Hey, join me, if you would, in your Bibles uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. I've been working this week on, uh, on Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and uh, we're going to kind of go deep into this passage today, and I want to start just by reading for us the first three verses of this chapter, which uh, I'll tell you right out of the gate, it, uh, it starts with some bad news. Starts with some bad news, but we don't appreciate the good news unless we understand the bad news. We don't appreciate the good news, the gospel, the gift of God, salvation, mercy, grace, unless we really understand the bad news. People don't come to Christ unless they fully understand their need for Christ, until they fully understand what's broken, what isn't right. You know, we all feel it, but we don't all understand it. That's my goal today, verse 1, chapter 2, as for you. He's talking to you and me, us. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We don't realize, but when we're following the ways of this world, we're following the commands of the ruler of the air, and it is not God. We know that Satan, the enemy of God, is the prince of the air of this world who's at work in all of those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at what time? How many of us? All of us. That's us. We, each of us. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh. We, we come with this as part of the packaging, y'all. To gratify the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were, here we go, by nature, deserving of wrath. Okay, that's heavy duty. We were, by nature, deserving of wrath. Our human nature is broken. Every one of us, unless there is a significant change in the course, a significant transformation, are by nature deserving of wrath. We're talking about transformation. This month, we're digging into this, this understanding of what it means to be spiritually alive spiritually alive. And I've got to tell you, as I've been preparing for these messages, this is theology. This is digging in at a deeper level to understand why we need to be spiritually alive, what it means to be. How do we become spiritually alive? And so this morning, Ephesians 2, we're looking at what's broken, how do we fix it, and what's the result? We're going to go deep on this question. We're going to drill down a little bit to this question of what's broken. We are by nature 
deserving of wrath. So that gets me to the question. I, I naturally ask the question, okay, then who am I if I am by nature deserving of wrath, broken? Then who am I and what does that look like? We go all the way back to Genesis for the answer to this question to begin with. Chapter 2, verse 7. This begins uh, our understanding. This is the groundwork, foundational understanding of who we are. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Okay, that's, that's the fountainhead of the spring. That's how we all began. We were created. Adam was created. We, as we're told in Psalm 139, are fearfully and wonderfully what? Made. Knit together in our mother's womb. We are a creation of God, and yet, we'll see in a minute, that creation, we, our human nature, is broken. It's fallen. But if you were to look at or ask this question, who am I, by going to uh, you know, a science class, you're going to pretty much get uh, an understanding of our physical being. This is the you know, biological lens to the answer of the question, who am I? I am, you know, I am a physical being with a cranium and a scapula, and I am humorous, and I have a coccyx. We all have a coccyx, a fibula and a tibia. This is what you'll get if you look at who we are through a physical lens. If you went to med school, you would see this, but we are more than just our bodies. We have the breath of life in us. So to kind of use a little different of, a, of an image or a graphic, I'm a very visual person, so I've kind of built this sermon out kind of visually here. At least it helps me. I hope it helps us all drill down into this question of who I am. Who am I? Who are you? Body, the, the dust of the earth, scooped up and formed, but we are also filled with the breath of life. God breathed into us the breath of life and man became a living being. Now, to kind of uh, flesh out, if you will, uh, a deeper understanding of the breath of life, where we see this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This gives us an even broader understanding of our identity. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. So this is a prayer. May the God of peace sanctify you. That means purify you. Cleanse you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am one that believes that each one of these words matter and they're there for a reason. And they are in this case descriptive. As Paul by the Spirit is describing what our being is compared prized of through and through, it's three elements, isn't it? May your whole 
spirit, soul, and body. So we've got the body. We know that from creation. But this breath of life can be uh, looked at through the lens of a soul and a spirit. A soul and a spirit. Now, we also read a verse in Hebrews chapter 4 that says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating to dividing even what? Soul and spirit. So we're told in 1 Thessalonians 5 that we are made up through and through of a body, of a soul, and of a spirit. We're told in Hebrews 4 that God's word cuts down through the layers of our physical being down to dividing between soul and spirit, very clearly teaching us that they are two different things. Do you agree? Two different things. Again, I'm ultimately getting us to the question of what's broken. But to understand what's broken, I, at least for me, it's very helpful to look at it through this lens because it, it helps really focus in on the question of what's broken. Because honestly, we can read right over Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 and go, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, by nature, objects of wrath. All right. No, what's broken? Body, soul, and spirit. Now, to, to drill down even a little further, the Greek words for these things, the Greeks built this out on three different levels or layers with this understanding of the soma being the body, the psyche being the soul. That's where the word soul, I believe, comes from, a psyche. The psyche and then the spirit, which is the Greek word pneuma, pneuma, breath. Pneuma. So you've got the soma, the psyche, and the pneuma. Now, in this realm of the soul, what are these? What do they mean? Well, the body, of course, is the flesh. The soul, we often think of as being in our, at least English language, kind of where the heart is. Not the physical heart, but the heart of who we are. Our heart and soul. Da -da 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 -da. It's an old song. Many people learn on the piano. Okay. Our heart is, in essence, our soul. We are to love the Lord our God with all of our what? with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. So at this level of psyche or soul, that's where the mind is, the emotions, the will. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Um, we are to be transformed we're told in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, by the renewing of your mind. This is where God calls us to be renewed and, and love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But we again, we have this problem. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are, to free, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Again, back to Genesis. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. You will die. This is, this is a problem, and I'm going to ask this question, what dies? Okay, how did they die? And by that, I'm talking about immediate death. What died the moment that Adam and Eve 
ate from the tree of, of uh, you know, the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What died? And, and, and for the answer to that question, I want to look at these interactions between our body and our soul and our soul and our spirit. Because I think the answer to that question really gets at these two, for lack of a better way of describing it, membranes. This place of interaction between these three elements. The body connected to the soul is bios. The body connected to the soul is bios. It is bios life. It is physical life. When we die, what is it that gets separated? It's our body and our soul, right? Our soul leaves our body. When a, when a shipwreck happens, what does it say? It's when, when, they, when they announce how many people died, they say X number of souls were lost. So this interaction of our body and our soul is, is this bios. Well, when Adam and Eve sinned, did they die immediately? Did their bios seek, cease to exist? No, but there's a second membrane, that existing between our soul and our spirit. That membrane, that, that interaction is, is I, I talked about this a few weeks ago, is called zoe. That is spiritual life. Spiritual life is when the Spirit of God is in interaction with our soul. So that when those two things are, are interacting and relating, talking to each other, when there's life happening there, that is spiritual life. That is Zoe. And that, when Adam and Eve died, they died spiritually. They lost their zoe. Why? Because the Spirit of God that was living in them, the Holy Spirit living in their human spirit. Okay, let me say that again. The Holy Spirit, capital S, presence of God, dwelling in their little s spirit, that part of their being that is not body and it's not soul. It's spirit. Blaise Pascal described this 400 years ago as a God-shaped vacuum that exists in all of us. Why? Because Adam and Eve died spiritually. The Holy Spirit left their being. They lost their spiritual zoe, their spiritual life, and as a result, they died. Now, that impacted their soul it damaged their mind, their will, and their emotions. What did they immediately do after they sinned and the Holy Spirit left them? What did they do? They hid from God. They were filled with fear. They were filled with shame. Let me tell you what's happening there. It damaged their soul. They lost their zoe and their soul was damaged. And it, and it, it eventually then began deteriorating their what? Their body. Their body eventually began deteriorating and ultimately they, uh, they lost their bios. But immediately the result was a loss of zoe, a spiritual life. We're told in 1 Corinthians 15, For since death came through a man, so life... The resurrection of the dead also comes through a man, Jesus. Here's the phrase, for as in Adam all die. 
so in Christ all will be made alive. Again, I'm getting back to this, drilling down this deeper question. What is it that broke and how do we fix it and what's the result? What broke is our spiritual life. Our zoe was damaged. So we, therefore, were not born like Adam and Eve were created with the Holy Spirit living in our human spirit. We don't have that. So as a result, what? We are objects of wrath. We are all by nature, by our born human nature, because of Adam, born spiritually dead. And as such, we are deserving of wrath. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2. It's a lot of background, but I think it helps us understand what these words mean. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. When you were born by nature, in which you used to live, not only were you born that way, but you lived that way. When we have a testimony for Christ, we all have the testimony of having come out of a life of sin. When you followed the ways of this world, verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So that's our problem. But I want you to look down at Ephesians chapter, uh, verse, verse, chapter 2, verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace, you are, I'm sorry, verse 6, and, and God raised us up, I want verse 6, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace. Because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. That happens right here. We are made alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions, for it is by grace you have been saved. So, how are we made alive in Christ? That's the question. How are we made alive in Christ? And again, let me go back to these verses. And God raised us up, beginning in verse 6. God raised us up with Christ, seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. That's a powerful phrase. In Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through, what is it church? Faith. And this not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in an advance for us to do. How are we made alive with Christ? How are we made spiritually alive according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8? The answer is faith. For it is by grace we have been saved through faith. So faith in God, faith in God results in zoe. It results in spiritual life. Why? Because God's spirit then fills our spirit with his life. It is by faith that we are saved. 
God comes and lives in us when we cry out to him. This now makes this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 make total sense. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. That's our body. That's our bios. This is going to continue to deteriorate. Can't do anything about it. But inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. That is by faith. When we come to God, invite Him into our lives, give control of our lives to Him, and by faith, Christ not only fills us, but we are then included in Christ. In Christ. By faith, we are alive in Christ. That is how spiritual life happens. Let me tell you what. That is good news. That is good news because we are transformed when we are in Christ, when Christ is in us. His Spirit fills us and and grants us. What's the problem? How do we fix it? The problem is we are by nature objects of God's wrath because we're born sinful. What's the solution? The solution is by faith we are saved. We cry out to God. The third thing is what is the result? What happens when we are in Christ and Christ is in us? When by faith we are zoe, alive in Him. Uh, this graphic, this illustration right here. Actually, I, I got out of this book Neil and- by Neil Anderson called Victory Over the Darkness, subtitled Realize the Power of Your Identity in Christ. I love this book. And one of the things Neil Anderson goes on to say is this. Every temptation is an attempt by the devil to get us to live our lives independently of God. Satan tempts us, just as he did Jesus, by appealing to our most basic and legitimate needs. The question is, are these needs going to be met by the world, the flesh, and the devil, or are they going to be met by God who promises to meet all of our needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus? The most critical needs are, be, are being needs, and they are met And they are the ones most wonderfully met in Christ. Our being needs. Now, let me tell you this list. I'm going to give you this list that he gives us uh, that answers the question, okay, who am I in Christ? What does this mean for me to be made alive with Christ? I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord and I am one in spirit with Him. I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I am free from condemnation. I am assured all things will work together for good. 
I am free from any condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am confident that the good work that God has become in me will be perfected. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ in God. I have been given a spirit, not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I can find grace and mercy in my time of need. I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. I am salt and light of the earth. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a personal witness of Christ. I am God's temple. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I am God's co-worker. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. That's who we are, church. That's who we are when by faith We ask Jesus to come in and fill our empty soul and spirit to live in us by faith. Then to love Him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and yes, then all of our strength. That is who we are. Bow with me if you would in prayer. Lord God, we come to you now so, so grateful for your grace. Lord God, that this is love, not that we love you first, but that you loved us and gave your son up for us, Lord Jesus. That you died on that cross for us, that you set your love on us, and that by faith we respond to the invitation. We respond to the invitation the invitation of your mercy, the invitation of your grace, why wouldn't we? Lord God, give ourselves fully to you. Invite your spirit to come and fill us, wash us, cleanse us, and replace our spirit of fear and shame and guilt with a spirit of love and peace and joy and reconciliation, and forgiveness. Lord, come. Come, Lord, fill us. Fill us with your pneuma, your breath, your spirit. Fill our empty spirits with your holy We hope you enjoyed this morning's message. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to contact us using our online form on our website at kingstreetchurch.com or by calling us here at 717-264-4651 during our regular business hours. Be sure to stop by and see us in person at one of our five Sunday morning services, 8.15 a.m., 2 at 9.45 a.m., as well as 2 at 11 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there.